Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Security Confidential. I'm Rory. With me today is Josh Harrington. Josh is a CISSP CCSP Certified Director of IT Security at Wattpad. He has a degree in information technology with a special specialization in networking and IT security and has a minor in operations management. With nearly a decade of cyber and IT-related experiences, Josh has utilized his knowledge of industry threats and emerging technologies to guide businesses in adversary roles from implementation to leadership, development both internally and in the greater Toronto area. Josh, welcome. Hey, Rory. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. It is. It's great to have you. You definitely have a, a resume of a true security uh, professional and someone who is, has been in this game for a long time. <laughs> I appreciate that. It's uh, something I want to continue to grow. So uh, although it, it may be impressive now, let's let's see where it is in you know, the next five to 10. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, your career has been extensively involved in tech uh, from a support analyst all the way to an engineer and now director of security. Talk to me about this journey for you. And at what point did you transition more towards a security role rather than an engineer? Yeah, great question. So I, I think the truth is, you know, I've always had my eyes on security, um, you know, being within the security industry as well. But uh, when I started, uh, security wasn't as big as it is now. I mean, there's there's obviously talk about this as far as the, the U.S. government. Um, so I did the next, next best thing and uh, wanted to work in, in IT. Uh, you know, I, I thought that might be the best way to, um, you know, start the security career. Uh, and it turns out that that was the right decision for me. Um, you know, I've always been keen on things like uh, automation and coding. And so that's where we start to see the, the software engineer as well. Um, you know, I think that that's a great avenue for solving problems. And certainly uh, early in my career, that's what I did uh, to the point of automating tasks at work where, uh, you know, I was able to start to research in, in areas that I had uh, a keen interest in. Um, you know, I, I then tried and I thought about software engineering as, uh, you know, a career, but, uh, you know, all credit to individuals who can do that. Uh, for me, staring at a screen and code for uh, a week straight uh, was, a, was a challenging task. And I actually mm -hmm. found that for me, it's problem solving that I like. And um, I think that's what you see in security. It's a lot of problem solving and it's constantly right. changing. Um, and, and, you know, same thing within my career in, in terms of consulting. Um, mm -hmm. You see a lot about the 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 challenges, and then you solve those from a business perspective as well as a technical perspective. And for me, uh, I think every day that makes coming to work and uh, doing my job a lot easier uh, to the point where it doesn't necessarily feel like a job. It's it's more of a passion. I got you. Yeah, that makes total sense. Do you think that, you know, with security, there is that more of a challenge and every day is kind of, you know, it's shifting. You never know what you might come in for or what might the day, what the day might hold for you? Yeah, I mean, I think if we look in the past two years with uh, SolarWinds and Log4j, uh, those are certainly events that have caused a lot of individuals to shift their thinking and to, mm -hmm. um, you know, approach each day as, hey, what's the new challenge going to be? And, and how do we, uh, we think towards the future and, and be proactive in, in solving it? Um, and, and so I think uh, having that ability to, to go into work and know, hey, this is what I'd like to work on. And, and in some cases, you know, doing a 180 and, and figuring out, okay, this is what I have to work on certainly uh, adds to the, the job itself. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, how has your previous experiences helped you prepare for your position today? Whether that was, you know, positions that you had coming up to 
uh, being the director of IT at Wattpad or even roles before you even join this organization? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, if anything, my previous experiences helped me to become a well-rounded practitioner. And I think that's a theme that I'll probably speak to uh, in these conversations. And I typically speak to when I meet people in person when they have you know questions around my career as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you think about it in terms of security, you're working with everyone uh, in an organization uh, that implements security in IT. Uh, what I'll say properly um, is you need to be involved from from the start to the end, right? So whether it's threat modeling and understanding the projects that are being uh, put forward to, let's say, continuous security once something is operationalized. Um, the, the positions that I've held have allowed me to understand that uh, and build the relationships, uh, both managing my team as well as the stakeholders involved. Again, if we look at the, the career that I've had, IT support and software engineering is really understanding code and product and, and the user's experience. Uh, consulting right. is rapid exposure to a lot of things. Um, and then, you know, my before Wattpad, it's even uh, a company where growth was through mergers and acquisitions. And so you have mm-hmm. to have a keen understanding of taking something that exists and bringing it into the fold of your organization, whether that be people, process or technology. Um, yep. And then, you know, today working at Wattpad, which is a very user centric platform. Um, you know, there's a lot of perspectives that I've, I've gleaned that have helped me in this position to to properly position uh, my thoughts and, and you know, projects, as well as to to uh, uh, explain to end users, you know, the the, the need for security. So mm-hmm. I think from that perspective, uh, that experience has been uh, con- it continues to pay dividends. Gotcha. Yeah. Do you think you know when you're looking at someone who's maybe a CISO or IT director, whatever the title is, but they're at the top when it comes to information security at that organization. Is it more beneficial to have someone who's had experience from the bottom floor all the way up to the top or someone who just kind of comes in, has maybe a certification here, a certification there, and doesn't have the hands-on experience, but maybe has more of that kind of leadership and certification backing? Well, I I think the the thing that... uh really sets someone apart is their ability to want to learn, right? You can have, and Mm -hmm. I've seen, uh, especially within cyber, which I'll say is relatively new within the industry. uh, You know, you've have CPAs who go into uh, leadership roles within cybersecurity who may not have that background or the experience. They may go through and get certifications like CISSP, um, Mm -hmm. but it's, it's really the wantingness to, to learn and to take that information to apply their background and, and be successful. And again, I've seen it within the industry of individuals pivoting from, you know, being a lawyer to going into cybersecurity or, uh, you know, working in, in risk and going into a more technical role. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that there's all walks of life that have the potential for success. Uh, it really comes down to the the want and the curiosity to to take those practices and, and build upon themselves and evidently their, their business as well. Yeah, absolutely. I, I totally agree with that. It's that want to learn. It's that eagerness to, to be involved and be understanding of, you know, your organization and all the challenges that come along with it from the, the small analysts all the way up to, you know, your IT manager, your security manager, whatever the case may be. At Wattpad, your company provides an open source for both readers and writers, correct? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Wattpad's all about the users. Uh, you know, I think uh, like many platforms, call it your Facebooks or your Reddit or any other ones, it's, it's the user base that really makes the, the organization or the platform. 
Mm-hmm. Um, you know, at Wattpad, it's about penning your unique story, connecting with readers in a safe space uh, and sharing experiences through the written language, um, you know, and, and who knows, possibly turning your creativity into the next big Netflix or Hulu hit. Uh, uh-huh. I think we, we've seen that in a couple of those platforms with uh, stories that originated from Wattpad. Wow. Yeah, that's awesome. That's really cool. What kind of security challenges then have come along with that, you know, that open source platform? Yeah, I think we're, we're no different uh, than a number of other, uh, you know, players within this industry. Uh, obviously, you need to look at things like your ransomware, business email mm-hmm. compromise concerns, malware. But uh, what's unique to, to Wattpad and, and some of the platforms like this is uh, treating users as an extension of your platform or your security program as well. Um, you know, from our, our perspective, uh, we have to look at content that's on the platform uh, to make sure that it's, you know, adhering to regulations, laws and, and compliance needs as well. Uh, mm-hmm. We have to look at things like web scraping and, and spam because, of course, uh, you know, you have good actors on the platform, but you also have actors who are trying to you know, push their own their own uh, wants and needs as well, whether that's taking content from a platform and, and trying to rehost it elsewhere or mm-hmm. you know, redirecting individuals to uh, what might be uh, nefarious websites or uh, you know, their businesses as well. Uh, so from that perspective, those are some of the challenges that we see outwardly. Uh, looking right. inwards, I think from, from the perspective, it's again, very similar. You need to make sure that code is secure. You need to make sure that the organization understands security as a whole. Uh, and I'm sure we'll get into that as well. Yeah, absolutely. I think one thing that you, you hit that even I wasn't really thinking about prior to asking that question is that as much as you're trying to protect your data um, from people coming in and trying to, you know, do malicious things with it, you also have to be cognizant of the fact that people might be coming in trying to take things out. Um, Like you said, like things that you might not even realize, whether that's your content or the other stories that that writers have put on there um, and put it on their own platform. I think that's something that is definitely unique to, to your role and to your company. Yeah, and I think it's 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 always changing, right? So again, you know, the the common adage is that data is the new oil, and uh, <laughs> we certainly have a lot of data. So uh, it, it's it's just making sure that we secure it from from all ends, and and so that's certainly a challenge at, at times, but uh, it's definitely rewarding to make sure that uh, individuals who are using the platform feel safe to really throw their ideas to the to the platform because they know that uh, it's it's under good hands. Yeah. Absolutely. That that user experience is is probably key. So you, people continue to come back to your your platform. I, I can only imagine there's probably other uh, companies or organizations who kind of offer the same thing. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, uh, I think that's that's one of the challenges within uh, security uh, realm itself is is making sure that we find an avenue to share those challenges and, and work mm-hmm. towards them together. And, you know, I think security uh, typically has been seen as a clandestine operation where hold things close to your chest. But uh, I I would love to see in in the near future the ability to share findings uh, and whether that's through conferences or otherwise. I think that's that's something that we as security practitioners need to potentially open up to. Yeah, I think that's a great point because it's a lot of times, you know, what sets you apart is maybe your ideas or your technology or whatever you've been able to develop as a, a security provider. So. How do you make that, you know, common knowledge at the same time, still turning a profit, still retaining your customers and, and growing at the same time? You know, it's 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 a paradox for sure. Absolutely. If a small company brought you in to build up a security program, what are the top three areas you would start with? 
Yeah, I think this is another great question, uh, especially as we see cyber start to grow and uh, your mom and pop shops should start to think about security um, as best as they can as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's there's thousands of products all aiming to solve the same set of problems. Um, but my recommendations would be typically uh, less so around technology and around the people in process. So uh, for me, I think it's important to build the relationship and crawl the organization similar to, you know, website crawling or scraping. Uh, mm-hmm. You're going to find a lot of the you know, good things, but you'll also find bad practices. You know, you'll find potentially old pen test reports, audit reports, governance structure, uh, really understand the business needs. And you get that through conversations with individuals, which I think right. is, is absolutely the foundations that, that need to be started uh, before you look at uh, a lot of implementation. Um, you know, secondly, I, I look for planning for foundations. So this is a little bit more technology centric, but it's establishing policy, uh, you know, things like foundational alerting and reporting. Uh, mm-hmm. And then, you know, I think the thing that is is well known, but maybe not uh, well understood is is cyber training for the organization. Right. Uh, I think that that creation of the, the environment for training uh, allows you to build upon, uh, you know, what is something new, you're typically going to be strapped for individuals and potentially financial resources. So it's very important at the start to look at positioning your program as a program of champions, right? Cybersecurity champions uh, that'll at least help you until you put forward your business cases for, you know, additional headcount or or financial Mm -hmm. um, uh, improvements, right? So I think from that perspective, it's, you know, reiterating, it's building relationships, establishing foundations, and then creating an environment of of training and, um, you know, champions. Yeah, if and sorry, just to go back no, to that as well. Yeah, I mean, if we if we're speaking strictly on technology, and I think we you know um, we can get off of that uh, as a, as another topic is you know asset and data management, uh, alerting and logging, and then incident readiness. So all of those I think plan into a, a phased approach as well. Yeah, definitely. And I think you know you hit it on the head with kind of that partnership where you know you hear it all the time in in cyber and in security how it's it's not a technology problem, right? It's a people problem. Well, that, that people problem isn't necessarily just in your organization. It's that ability to communicate with maybe your security provider or who's who's running the security in that organization. You know, it's got to be, everyone's got to be on the same page. And the more well-rounded you are, the more working as one you are, that security problem is going to go way down. Yeah, and I, I think, um, you know, within the organizations that you're in, or actually, you know, the industry as a whole, it's about listening. Uh, often mm-hmm. when you just listen, you're going to find the the individual is going to tell you about some of the problems they're seeing. I know just in having conversations and one-on-ones with people at our organizations, even today, I'm still uncovering uh, potential risks or, or uh, areas of improvement. Uh, I don't think that's ever going to change. Um, right. you know, if you have, you're in an organization without risk, then uh, let me know what that organization is. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't agree more with you there. <laughs> um, so I guess we'll, we'll just build right off that. Um, what kind of security tools now are must-haves for an organization of any size? I mean, mom and pop shop to you know, your Fortune 500s. What are, what are some of the ones that you think are must-haves? Yeah, I, I think, again, hearkening back to, you know, the, the last piece that we were talking about, it's, you know, if you don't know what you, you have, how can you secure it? If you yep. can't detect what you have, how can you respond to it? And if you don't track your successes and potential missteps, how do you improve, right? So right. Uh, from that perspective, the security tools need to follow those kind of three directives there. Um, you know, depending on, on, on size and, and the financials that you have within your organization, be it a mom and pop shop or a large enterprise, 
Um, you know, I think they, those tools, I won't, you know, name a specific one, but I think those tools need to consider those three components. Right. And, and as I right. said, there's, there's a litany of, of, uh, tools out there. Um, you just need to be able to think about those three questions when you are assessing the tools that you're bringing into the organization. Absolutely. Yeah, that makes, that makes sense. Um, when we're talking about the future of it security, where does your mind go? What kind of challenges do you foresee? And on the flip side of that coin, what kind of solutions do you see to those challenges? Yeah, that's a that's a great question. Uh, it, I think you know there's potential that we we probably won't get to all of them here. Uh, I think within cybersecurity, you're often thinking about a lot of uh, items, especially in my role when I'm thinking about it from both an IT and security perspective. Right. Um, you know, cyber is increasingly hazy. Uh, looking towards the future. I mean, we can look at things like quantum computing and blockchain as, as buzzwords that people are looking at. But I, uh, I, you know, I think you can't really tackle the problems of the future until you're also looking at, you know, the problems that we're not solving today, right? Um, yep. And if I were to look at that in terms of the future, you know, I bring it to, you know, data, human capital, uh, automation, uh, mm-hmm. and then, you know, third-party risk, I think are four areas that, that need to be discussed. And I think, you know, when we think about data, it's, know what's accessible to, to your team internally but then also thinking you know what is what's accessible to threat actors right there's a lot of services yeah. that might open up uh, free accounts uh, which allow them to glean some information about your organization um, you know we, we see uh, increasing targeting for organizations especially uh, you know even if we're looking at uh, an individual company or an industry as a whole um, I think what we used to see is is the shotgun approach of let's just throw uh, you know the latest vulnerability or or exploit at organizations and now we're moving towards that uh, for lack of a better analogy the sniper rifle approach uh, <laughs> because you have the information to start to to be directive uh, you know obviously it doesn't see, mean that the shotgun approach is is outdated but it, it gives them an right. additional weapons in their arsenal right when we have data we're able to glean a lot more. Um, and I, I think that uh, you get that visibility and, and kind of looking inwards, um, you know, organizations previously have seen cybersecurity and, and the costs associated with uh, cyber as a cost center, right? It's been yeah. something that they need to throw money at because it'd be nice to have this protection. Whereas now I think we're transitioning to a time when it's not a nice to have, it's a must have. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I think, again, looking at adages here, it's not, it's the, if not, uh, it's not, uh, if it's going to happen, it's when it's going to happen. But for me, it's right. it's how are we going to respond when it happens? You know, it, it's it's going to happen, and you need to be able to understand how to do that. And mm-hmm. I think data is going to play a massive role as part of that. Um, kind of transitioning that into what I said about human capital. Um, you know, it's about bolstering your your individuals to to make sure that they have a wide set of of knowledge. It's uh, making sure that they're not eyes on on glass, looking through and parsing through. Uh, heaps of information when you know they need to be able to make the decisions. Uh, I think that's where we'll start to to move towards is decision making, and less so, uh, you know, the potential for analysis. Of course, as I said, that's still going to exist, but right. um, you know, I think uh, it, it takes a village, and and human capital is is uh, extending cyber to the entire organization. When you think about it, uh, even your marketing team should have some kind of cybersecurity mindset. Uh, yep. Whether that's you know pushing forward uh, a, a tool or it's uh, making sure that you're letting the industry know that cybersecurity is something as an organization you take seriously. Yeah. Uh, so I, so I think that that's you know an important piece there. No, absolutely. I mean, you're you're the expert here. So people, this is what we want. I mean, people want to hear from you. It's and I, I love everything you're saying. I think it's 
if we see a kind of a repeated pattern here where it's, you know, the person at the company who cares the least about cyber or is least cyber security mindseted, that's the dude who that's as strong as your security is right there. That individual, you know, if he doesn't care, then as a, as a whole, it's like, it doesn't, it doesn't matter because that person could be the guy who, you know, opens that link or goes to that malicious site or whatever. And then if you don't have the tools in play to counteract though, you know, that action, what are you going to do? And I, I feel a big question or something that I like to talk about all the time with people when I'm, you know, talking cyber and talking security is, you know, if you don't, if you don't think this service is, you know, you don't need it or whatever the case may be, what's your plan if this bad thing does happen? Where are you going to go to fix the problem? And I think that's, you know, that's really the only the best conversation to have because then you kind of can, you know, people can discover for themselves that, hey, you know, well, maybe I don't have a plan. Maybe this isn't going to work. Maybe this isn't a good idea to just rely on, you know, in-house measures or the local IT shop, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I think you've, you've touched on maybe the, the third-party risk piece, right? So it's no mm -hmm. secret that the world's continually converging on collaboration. Uh, you know, there's tight-knit relationships in cybersecurity. There's tight-knit, uh, you know, uh, vendor relationships that exist. Uh, and, and through that, you start to form almost a cybersecurity mesh with, with your vendors, your partners, your users, whatever. Um, and I think we need to extend past your typical brick and mortar uh, security and start to think about those individuals because, you know, hey, if, if your, your vendor gets popped uh, and they send you a link, you know, there's an inherent trust that you have that what they're sending is, is, with rela is related to the business you have with them. Right. Um, you know, we need to we need to look at how we assess and consolidate these risks together. And as I said, you know, share and communicate these findings almost like a unified uh, security operations center. Um, mm -hmm. And I think it's only through things like, you know, these distributed decisions and, and coming together uh, that this mesh starts to make sense and allows us to proceed you know, beyond awareness and, and towards reduction of the attack surface that we see. Uh, so those are things that I'm looking at. Right. It's, it's uh, reaching out in some cases. You know, my perception is that vendors are, are a little bit annoyed because in, in some cases, you know, there's, hey, I've got to make these sales. I've got to make this happen. We're here supporting the business itself. But it, again, going back to the it takes a village, you know, the village also includes your, your neighboring village, right? It includes right. what they're doing and that that might uh, affect your your risk as well. Mm -hmm. um, and so so I think it's important to establish a relationship that goes beyond the business. Um, and I think that's something that I continually think about uh, uh, you know, it's they're they're a vendor, and yes, they need to hit their quotas. But at the same time, they're they're trying to solve the same problems you are, and that's why you're working with them. Right, definitely, it's it's a partnership. At the end of the day, it really is. It's not you know that traditional. We sell you this, and then you know let us know when you want to buy something else. It's it needs to be ongoing. It needs to be that constant communication. If there's if there's gaps that need to be filled, you know, both parties need to know about that so we can fix the problem right away. Because security is inherited business, whether that's, you know, on your side or on your client side, it's if one person's having a security issue, it's going to affect both of you in some way. Yeah, exactly. Again, hearkening back to, to SolarWinds and Log4j, I mean, the mm -hmm. the need to, <laughs> to reach out and, and actually just seeing even on you know your LinkedIn uh, page, just seeing a number of people posting about, hey, I found this resource. Hey, this company is doing this and taking all of that information. And, and again, you're, you're leveraging the information that's readily available to, to make sure that everybody is staying on that same trajectory. Right, right. What are some key points you work to hammer home with your employees regarding security mindset? 
Yeah, so I think this is this is a, another good question, but it's a tricky one in that right. you you have individuals from all walks of life uh, with all you know varying uh, technical prowess as well as uh, business prowess as well. And mm-hmm. um, you know, for me, it's it's uh, making sure that they understand that you know security isn't the house of no. Uh, for me, it's you know the house of yes if you know I I right. want to do this, I want to implement these things here. Okay, well we can do this. Here are some of the risks that exist. How are we going to mitigate them? These are the mm-hmm. controls that need to be put in place. Uh, you know, it's about thinking of, uh, almost rudimentary in some cases where you, you need to have your messaging be clear and, and bring everybody up to the same level, but also mm-hmm. understanding that the business is going to have some churn, right? There, it's just the, yeah. you know, that's, that's part of life and making sure that your message remains consistent across different employee life cycles. And for me, it's it's kind of making sure that you have some consistency in, in almost a calendar of uh, cybersecurity uh, awareness training, um, right. and hearkening that back to obviously the trade-offs of you know speed uh, of the business to to deliver new products, to deliver new features, to um, take care of the end users, but also ensuring that there's the understanding of security. So, hey, we can code these things, we can use you know infrastructure as a code, but we need to consider these security measures, and so. For me, it's it's always hammering home the, the the thought of you know if we do this, what is going to be the impact or, or result of this from a security perspective? What would you think is the potential uh, you know hole that might exist in the process that we're putting together? And so, mm-hmm. um, I think to to uh, extend security awareness and training and the security mindset, it's about thinking with security. Um, as as one of the pillars in what you do, regardless of if it's accounting, regardless of its uh, you know uh, design and, and user experience, I think that that's something that uh, needs to be hammered home and it needs to be um, done tactfully. Because as I said, you know there's there's individuals who come from different uh, education and uh, you know they they may hear something once and say, well I've already heard this, it doesn't matter to me. Uh, it's about, again, making sure that they understand that you're, you're treating them as a peer and less so as someone that you're, you're kind of yelling from the heavens, do this, do that. It's, it's, Hey, this is what we as a team need to do. And so that's the mm-hmm. security mindset, at least in the organizations I'm in is right. security as a team. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that's, that's the best way to approach it. It's, you know, it's not, I'm telling you to do this. It's like, Hey, I, we just need everyone, you know, needs to think about this, approach it from this angle then it's it's not kind of like oh i have to do this or i i have to you know log in through here go this way or whatever it's you know you do this because this is just how it's done this is the best way to get it done yeah i mean to to your point around logins right if you're you're using Mm -hmm. uh, identity management uh, you know it's going to impact the user's experience of well typically i used to just look at this sticky note on my desk enter this password into this place and that's how I logged in and it was so easy. And now I have to do multi-factor authentication and it slows me down. Um, You know, we can look back and and I'm sure there was apprehension across, you know, even just using TVs, right. It took a long Mm -hmm. time for adoption, but uh, eventually it becomes part of their, their regular um, everyday kind of routine. And it stops being a, an issue. It's more so this has to be done. As you said, it has to be done uh, in order for us to be secure. Um, So I, I think that that's absolutely correct. Right on, right on. All right. Um, switching switching roles a little bit here. Um, what kind of message do you want to give those analysts, uh, lower level IT workers who are just starting off on their career? They look at you and, and where you've gone and what you've been able to do, 
and you know they say like man i want to be like josh what kind of advice would you would you have for them yeah i I think honestly i'd say life isn't really about replication it's about finding your own path Uh, you know what makes my career special is um you know, what's the potential that it could be? What can I do to, you know, get to whatever my goal is and, and you, you know, look at myself or other industry leaders here and, and say, not so much, what have they done? I need to do the exact same thing, but, you know, use their experiences and reach out to them and start to uh, glean information from them. You know, where did they fall flat? Where did they fall short? How do we, mm-hmm. you know, where did they find successes? How do I kind of um, take my own goals and extrapolate from that, not necessarily do the exact same thing. Right. Uh, you know, I think find the areas that you're interested in and approach them from a systematic uh, point of view and less so as a single entity. So if we think about this, even from security, right, it's mm-hmm. security as a whole looks at, you know, a data security, asset management, uh, identity management, a, a litany of things, as I mentioned, right? But right. if you're looking just at vulnerability management, are you going to be uh, as secure as if you're looking at how vulnerability management plays with your security operations team, with your incident response team. So uh, mm-hmm. like your career, you should look at it from that perspective and say, you know, if I do this MBA, how is this going to help me? If I do this, how is this going to help me? Right. Yeah. Um, much like my career, you know, for me, again, IT engineering consulting, uh, a lot of that created the, the well-rounded view that has allowed me to succeed by, by having communications with individuals and being able to translate, let's say, a business need to a technical need. Um, right. yeah, again, it's really about the fit for your goal. Um, you know, I, I think it's about being curious as well and, and constantly learning. Uh, I think that's one of the things that I've said here before is, um, you know, if I went into any room in my house right now, I think I've got about two or three books, you know, whether it's technical, whether it's, you know, it's uh, fiction, whatever it might be, it's, I can pick that book up and, and start to read, you know, whether it's just a page, a paragraph of the entire book, it's, it's something that's going to continue to push you uh, outside of just your understanding within your, your industry. Yep. And, uh, you know, it, it allows you to, to take that information and, and extrapolate it again and, and provide it to your career. Right. So, yeah. uh, you know, in our day and age, there's so much information out there that you can't possibly know everything. You can't recall everything. And, you know, the industry and, and the entire world is changing so quickly that one path may be open today and it may not be open the next day. And so it's it's understanding the way to walk those paths. That is going to actually give you the the ability to, to proceed forward and to to be ambitious to a degree as well. Um, right. You know, finally, not to, to keep talking here and joining on, but I just think it's very important Absolutely. to as part of our career <laughs> is you know volunteer and step out of your comfort zone. You know, go right. to conferences, join Slack channels, message folks on websites like Reddit or LinkedIn. Uh, mm-hmm. You're only going to go as far as you let yourself. Uh, you know, there's safety and familiarity, but there's also growth and being uncomfortable. And so, uh, you know, I think a lot of people within the industry might say, you know, I want to be like Josh, but I'm, you know, I'm an imposter. I don't believe I'm in, I'm I'm not in this industry. I shouldn't be in this industry. Um, But I think there's also growth in the imposter syndrome, right? I think when you have that feeling, that's, that's how you know you're continually learning. Um, And that's that uncomfortable feeling. If you, if you feel like, hey, should I really be here? You should use that feeling to push yourself to continue to grow your career. Um, Mm -hmm. I, I worry more about when I don't have that feeling. Because it's you start to question: Am I am I still pushing myself? Am I still learning? Is this where I want to be? Am I happy being here? Right. So yeah, definitely. I think it, it all ties back into. I mean, you hit it you hit it on the head when we first started talking. It's just constantly learning, you know. And in security as a whole, whether you're talking even cybersecurity or physical security, 
it's always changing, right? What worked, you know, a couple years ago is not going to work today because bad actors are coming up with better, faster, you know, more effective ways to get in, get what they want and, and be gone. And if you're not staying up to date with that, if you're not staying up to par, you're going to be left behind. You know, someone who has all these certs is not going to be as valuable as the guy who reads the latest on who hacked into here and, you know, what's going on over here. They're going to be up to date, knowledgeable and, you know, tip of the spear, if you will, on the most current threat, the most current, you know, um, yeah, threat against the organization, I guess, kind of rambling yeah. there. <laughs> no, I know, I, but it, it makes sense, right? It's I, I do see a lot of tremendous value in certifications and continuous mm-hmm. training, but but it's, yeah, to your point, you have to remain current. And I think within this industry, um, not to, to kind of box it here, but within cybersecurity, you have to have the want to, to take learning outside of your, your normal nine to five or whatever your hours are. You have to want to, to be curious and continually learn. And, um, you know, it might not even be within the field uh, that you're in that you should be learning up, but you can start to pull information and, and tie that to your field, which creates all the more value and, and allows you to, to proceed in your career. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, a little bit over here, a little bit over there, and you're going to be more well-rounded than you would yeah. if you were just, you know, focused on one aspect of this. And like we've talked about before, it, it's security is, it's not just one thing, right? It's not just one avenue. It's a whole, it's the organization as a whole. And every avenue in that organization has the potential to be the window that, you know, bad actor gets in. 100%. If anything, what are some things outside of the day-to-day work that have helped you grow in IT? I know you just mentioned kind of volunteering. Um, what else or what kind of volunteering would you say has kind of helped play a role in your learning? Yeah, I, I think, again, uh, it's the extrapolation of information that you can glean from from areas that are not within your, your industry, right? So sign up for things mm-hmm. that aren't cyber or IT related. Uh, you don't need to be a master in everything in life and you'll grow your network, uh, your character. You're exposing yourself to a lot of things that uh, maybe you, you hadn't thought about previously. Again, uh, hey, maybe take one Sunday of every every month and do sign up for a class that you wouldn't have thought about doing. Basket weaving? Sure. What am I going to learn from <laughs> basket weaving? Uh, you know, there's a lot that you can take from that. Uh, yeah. The industry and your life, in fact, is, is going to be about relationship building. Uh, you know, it, it doesn't need to serve a purpose all the time for progressing your career. But that said, you know, a lot of people make careers out of connecting like-minded individuals and that yep. systematic thinking. You know, again, let's, let's look at this from something that I'm passionate about in hockey. You know, how does someone who loves hockey uh, work with someone in data science? And then, boom, we've got hockey analytics. You know, and now we have you know, a lot of uh, organizations are, are looking at the analytics and underlying you know, components yeah. of players when, when structuring a team. Um, you know, but the truth is I don't have uh, all the answers, uh, but I do my best to connect with and learn from everyone I meet. And I think that that is a key way to continually grow, uh, you know, ask people about themselves. And as I said, listen. And if you truly listen, you're going to find a lot of information that you can, you know, use from Susie Q to talk to John Doe about. And John Doe allows you to talk to Jane Doe. And now you've got a network that you're building here of like-minded individuals, or you can connect them together. And, and I think that that's very powerful. Um, and yeah. people will remember that, right? They'll remember, hey, mm-hmm. that's Josh. She's the person who introduced me to this person. And you know, now I've got this business with them. And, and I couldn't have done this if I didn't meet Josh. So right. definitely. And I think, you know, everyone always wants to talk about what they've done or their accomplishments. But when you're learning and you're trying to grow and you're trying to get in there, it's less about you. It's more about 
you know, them and learning and listening to the people who are going to help you, right? Giving them the opportunity to give you that advice or to give you that knowledge that maybe it's, maybe it won't help you get this, you know, exact job or this exact, you know, want that you're, you're going after right now, but that knowledge might come in hand down the road. Just like you said with, you know, Susie leads you to John and John leads you to Frank and it's, it's all about that network. Yeah, and I mean, I'll be the first to say that I, I see myself as A, competitive and B, uh, ambitious, but mm-hmm. there's there's a certain amount of patience that uh, you, you garner from listening to people and understanding you know, it, it's going to help feed that competitiveness, that ambition to, to move on to the next step, to move to where you see yourself in 10 years, right? And, you know, when right. someone asks me that, it's it's really... Uh, you know, my answer is, right, where do I see myself doing the same thing? And, and uh, where is the, the organization taking me? Who knows? I'm just going to keep listening and, and I'll move as things start to make sense as a result of it. Right on. Nothing, nothing better than that, honestly. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I imagine you have a lot of input when, it, when your company looks to bring on new IT cyber employees. What are some bullet points that are a must on a resume uh, for you to even consider that individual. Yeah. So, so the old resumes and cover letters, I, I might split the room <laughs> or the listeners here. Uh, maybe it's a new way of thinking. Um, you know, obviously your resume needs to match the job description. Uh, if I'm looking for technologies, tools, uh, you know, an analytical person, someone who's, who's, who's willing to continually learn. I think that's a theme that we've had here in our conversations today. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but I'm, I'm, uh, looking for on a resume something that that tells me about you briefly, quickly, right? Uh, right? You know, I'm looking at within the job itself, you know, five technical skills, five soft skills, whatever that might be, and um, you know, rarely am I looking at cover letters. Uh, you know, again, I think that's maybe a new way of thinking, but you know, there's a pool of a hundred people. There's a lot of individuals, a lot of tools, a lot of very similar technologies that individuals might have access to. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, it's it's the ability to quickly take on new work to quickly learn about technologies. And, right. you know, as I said, we, we've talked about, you know, uh, certifications are, are, are great. It shows that you have the ability to, to take new information and learn about it. Uh, even better if those, those certifications have a, an application or a practical uh, aspect to them to show that you're not, you know, someone who can do multiple choice really well. Um, looking at things like their personal projects and what are they doing outside of, of um, you know, their, their job, because I'll be honest with you, there's a mm-hmm. lot of positions in the industry that uh, that have very, very similar uh, resumes and resume templates. And, and you know, what you're looking for, what you should be looking for is what what makes me stand out above the templates? If I am using a template, what is going to make my template and my information that is potentially the exact same as this other person who I'm up against, right. uh, what is, what's going to make me stand out? And I think that, um, you know, from that, that's what you should be looking for. And, you know, beyond that, you're selling yourself to me through conversations in the next step of the, the interview process. Yeah, definitely. I think one thing that you hit on that I really didn't, even think about, but then working here at Dark Rhino, um, the tech guys, they opened my mind to it is that on that resume, it's, it, it shows a lot if you can bring projects that you're doing outside of work. Maybe it's, um, you know, you're working on, I forget, the raspberry pies, right? Um, or you're making like a pie hole or something that's going to help you help your, your home network or whatever, right? That shows that initiative, that willingness to learn that kind of is it's not, you know, oh, I got, I have this certification because I, I watched the videos, then I click through, and now I'm, you know, net plus certified, right? But it's it's someone who does something that nobody's asking them to do, 
and they're doing it strictly for themselves or strictly because they want to explore this or they want to learn more about this or they want to know how to do this. Yeah, again, that's that's exactly it. Uh, again, the the home the home network, right? Is mm-hmm. hey, did you tell me about the media server that you set up? What were the challenges that you had? Why did you choose right. some of the software you cho- you chose? Uh, oh, you you wanted to know about your smart devices and the the uh, metrics they're collecting on you, so that you can you know get a personal best on your your lifting on whatever it is. Like to me, that's that's what really sets someone out. Is is they're they're again we're going back to the same theme. You're you're wanting to learn your ability to to take on projects that are outside of your your nine to five. That really shows to me that you care about the industry beyond what the paycheck gives to you at, at whatever the the interval is, right? And so to me. Yep. Um, I love seeing that, and I love uh, you know a team that is is capable of doing things on their own. I I would say I'm the furthest from a micromanager in that I want to enable my team to make decisions, to make mm-hmm. them fast, and to to fail fast as well. Again, I think that's a you know a commonality with with things in agility. But uh, truly, I think that uh, there's there's saying that you want to be agile, and there's you know actually putting putting your your the money where your mouth is, right, and saying right. hey. We did this. It didn't work. All right, let's move on. We've learned from it, right? And so same can mm-hmm. be done with, with projects. And again, I want to hear about, uh, you know, I did this uh, in, within the interview process. You know, I did this and I failed spectacularly. This is what I learned because right. you need, I need to know how someone works in a time of duress or stress and, and, and how do they, how do they think about things? How do they move forward? Um, mm-hmm. And I think hearing about failures is a great way to do that because, you know, I'll say the same thing in terms of when you're telling stories to friends. There's no, there's no bad story. There's lessons learned about it, right? Oh, I got hit yeah. by this car. Well, I learned maybe I should look both ways when I cross <laughs> the street, right? So, Absolutely. so I think there's there's a lot you can glean from that. Yeah, and I think that failure part is huge, and that's something that you know doesn't really come up a lot, especially in an interview, right? Because you, why would you want to tell this person who is looking to hire you like how you failed? But then, you know, you flip it around and it's like, well, I learned this and I know not to do this. And failing fast is something, too, where, you know, you want somebody who as soon as it, you know it's not going to work, they're like, OK, we need to change tactics. We need to do something different because this way isn't going to work. And I think in IT, security, anything related to, you know, our world, it's you've got to be able to change directions fast because if it's not going to happen, we got to find the way that's going to make it happen. That's it. That's exactly it. All right. So last question for you. I mean, kind of touched on it a little bit, but, you know, what's next for you at, at Wattpad and cybersecurity and life, whatever? <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's, there's a lot going on, um, but I think it's a little bit early to consider, uh, you know, from a career perspective. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think especially with with Wattpad uh, and obviously during this, this conversation here, still being there, uh, I am happy with the culture, happy with the role, happy with the team that we're building. So, um, you know, if I haven't been here too, too long, I do see a future with it uh, and, and building out uh, you know, the, the program itself. Um, you know, eventually where I'd like to go in, in terms of career growth, uh, you know, uh, lending my service to, to a number of uh, you know, enterprises or, or companies within the industry is always something that's, that's intriguing. Obviously, having a, a background in consultancy, um, mm-hmm. you know, what does that look like to, to go it alone and understand the trials and tribulations of, of starting your own business and, and being the, the breadwinner and the person right. who is responsible for, you know, a number of, of pieces uh, around that, uh, that uh, perspective. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I mean, in, in life, you know, as I said, it's important to continue to grow. So I've got a few things, a few things going on. Uh, you know, I, I think actually this weekend for me, it's uh, 
getting a scuba certification because why not? Right. Let's, that's just, Absolutely. you've got one life, just have fun with it. <laughs> uh, you know, what's next, maybe fly a plane, who knows, right. We're in the water. Let's go to the air. Um, love it. Love it. <laughs> in terms of, you know, if I had to recommend something like, like a book or, or, um, you know, a way for people to, to continue down this path, you know, for me, it's, I think it's entirely uh, dependent on the individual, but uh, I'm a big fan of audible and, and I'm sure a lot of people within the industry are doing very similar things, but you're out for a walk, you're exercising, you, you've got the ability to, to read and listen and, and continue to learn. So why not take advantage of it? Um, but, uh, you know, the one that I continue to, to suggest to people, because I think, you know, as, as a world, we probably need it is uh, there's there's a, a lecture by Brene Brown on the power of vulnerability. And I think in terms of, of vulnerability, we, we don't see a lot of that. A lot of people are um, you know, they're, they're worried about how they're perceived. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think it's important to be vulnerable to, again, to learn from your mistakes, to, to, right. to realize you don't know everything. And so I think that that's something that uh, a lot of people could could look at. Um, yeah. And then finally, sure. and I'll just wrap it up with, you know, what, what else might be next? Well, I just came from from RSA not too long ago. Um, you know, I met up with gotcha. uh, Can- Candy Alexander, who's the international president of uh, ISSA. Wow. Um, join, join their cyber executive forum and uh, who knows, maybe maybe start a chapter up here in Toronto as well. Uh, again, awesome. it's continual growth, continual learning and, and uh, you know, maybe taking on a little bit more than you're comfortable with. But uh, mm-hmm. again, growing from that. No, definitely. I mean, I think you, I think you hit it all in the head. And if there's one topic that we can leave people with, it's just continue to grow, continue to learn. You know, it's only going to make you better. And being in that state of uncomfortability is going to yield the greatest results. You know, it's, it's going to make you grow the fastest, understand what's going on and, and get ahead of the ball. Yeah. And I, I think pay it forward, right? So for those mm-hmm. of you who are listening to the podcast, absolutely reach out to me. Uh, I've, you know, I'm, I'm on LinkedIn, reach out if you need some mentorship, if you have questions about things, even if it's, Hey, I, you know, I've got an issue with our, again, our IAM uh, work that we're doing. What have you done to, to see success? Again, I think from my perspective here, if I can leave anyone uh, with with some information is reach out, be vulnerable, ask questions, continue to grow. And, and I think that's where you're going to see success and, and kind of break down those walls that are artificially built up as a result of being in this industry. Definitely. I think that's that's the perfect way to, to close it out. Well, Rory, it's been a pleasure chatting with you. And I mean, I'm happy to come back anytime and, and talk about whatever uh, whatever's in the now. Absolutely. I mean, I, I've had a great time too. I always learn a lot on these things. Um, so I, I enjoy doing them. And I thank you for taking the time out of your day and look forward to connecting with you again soon. Appreciate that, Rory. Thanks. All right. Thank you.